All right, lads. Here we are. Uh, honestly, never thought I would see the day again, but we are back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Yank account. Uh, we are the podcast that has a name so flagrant. Mike Dean actually slid in our DMs on Twitter and told us we've been booked. So we're on a yellow to start out this episode, everybody. Just keep that in mind. Don't get too crazy. Um, welcome, everybody. I'm stoked to be back. Uh, safe to say a lot of stuff has happened since our last episode about eight and a half months or yeah, eight and a half months ago, uh, mid-January. Um, you know, we missed kind of the entire second half of the season last year, obviously, but we also missed, uh, you know, the whole pandemic thing, uh, just general craziness and insanity all around. Um, but we're back. We, we're at the first inter- international break of the 2020-21 season, um, and we already have a ton to talk about. So I'm real excited to be back with you guys. Uh, let's meet our cast of correspondents here. Once again, scattered across the southeast of the United States of America. We have three members of the Yank account in the same city for the first time in a while. Of course, we are social distancing. Uh, You know, we're not going to risk anything. But we have Matt representing Everton coming at us from Charlotte. Uh, Matt is flying high. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, I'm coming off the best week of my entire life, Sam. (laughs) Everton have just come off of four wins out of four in the Premier League. Three more to add in the League Cup. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out here scoring goals for fun. He scored his first goal for England today. And most importantly, Liverpool got absolutely cock-slapped by Aston Villa on Sunday. (laughs) That they did. That they did. And uh, we'll get into both of those topics a lot more here in a bit. Uh, next up, the other Charlotte representative, we have Jake representing the Gunners of Arsenal. Jake, how you doing? It's time to party. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's time to party. Uh, then now, from Atlanta, Georgia, we have Taryn representing Manchester United. Um, Taryn, how you feeling? Um, yeah, the, the depths of my consciousness right now should probably be kept under wraps. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll be exposed in the next however many minutes this yeah, episode they will. takes. It just uh, won't be for the best. It won't be for the better, the benefit of anyone either here or listening, but it's going to happen. So just yeah, mentally prepare yourself. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we have Drew, as always, uh, repping Chelsea Football Club. Drew, and he's coming at us from the swamps of eastern North Carolina. So, Drew, how you doing? <laughs> You know, didn't contract COVID yet, so I might. Hey, there you go. There you go. Small victories. Yeah, well, like I said, we got a lot to get into already. Season is off to a pretty crazy start. Um, And uh, with that being said, let's jump in to our Premier League review. So, of course, the biggest story so far of the season has got to be 
perched at the top of the table, the Toffees. Everton have won four of their first four games. They've won all four. They're first place with 12 points. Um, they're three points ahead of second place. I mean, literally the perfect start to the season. But now the question becomes, as we're into the first international break, how legit is Everton this year? And I think it's, it's probably fitting that the first person to answer that question is our Everton representative, Matt. So Matt, how are you feeling about this start and do you think you guys can keep this going? I mean, obviously it is incredible. I don't think Everton fans have been this happy or excited uh, in maybe ever, honestly. Um, And it's been four (laughs) matches. Uh, So it's good. But naturally, as an Everton fan, success breeds not only happiness, but a looming sense of dread that something horrific on the horizon is coming. I will uh, say this is by far the most optimistic I've ever been about an Everton team. Not only are we winning, we're doing so in fantastic fashion, playing some really good stuff under Mr. Don Carlo Ancelotti. James Rodriguez, I mean, seriously, every time I see him in an Everton kid, I think that I'm dreaming, honest to God, who coming out of the 2014 World Cup would have thought that that lad would be a fucking Everton player. Going into that World Cup, our best midfielder was Marouane Fellaini. Oof. Let that sink wow. in. Wow, I haven't Let heard that, that name in. in years. Oh, that's not obviously it's great, Sam. Talk about Fellaini. <laughs> he had his moments in an Everton kit. Let's just let's just say that right now. No, that's not to say anything bad about Marouane Fellaini. Marouane Fellaini is an absolutely legendary football player. But in sum, Sam, everything is brilliant. Everything is positive, and that's why I expect that we will see a little bit of regression. Uh, I think that all of the shouts that Everton are going to walk the league, that we're going to win the league, they're a little bit premature at this stage. Obviously, I'm just as excited as many, but uh, we shall see. It's a long season, and it's a weird one this time around. Maybe one of the best transfer windows in the whole league this summer was Everton. Allen, James. Visible scoff. Sorry, audible scoff. <laughs> James. I mean, James, Allen, and Ducore, they just basically yeah. bought, bought an entire Revamped new midfield, midfield. and it, it's just been incredible in the first four games. Obviously, Allen is dealing with a bit of an injury now, which is unfortunate, especially because the next match for Everton is the Merseyside Derby uh, against Liverpool. That's going to obviously be the first real test of how far... Everton can go this season, but um, I mean, I'm curious to hear from other people that aren't necessarily Everton fans. Like, how for real do you consider this team right now? I am honestly scared for Everton against Liverpool. Liverpool are coming off that huge loss, and Klopp is going to drill that into their brain. Um, I would love to see Everton annihilate Liverpool, but I'm kind of nervous. I I think that Everton is for real. I mean, this is this is the first time since Ancelotti's been here that he has a bunch of players that he prefers. Like these are transfers that were made for Ancelotti. Um, James has been playing fantastically, you know, on that same right hand side that he was so lethal at with Madrid. Um, the midfield, like we were just saying, is revamped, and the football that they're playing is just like much prettier. I mean, it's very fluid, a lot of good passing 
uh, plays being strung together, like 15, 20, 25 passes, and it's happening every single game. And um, when you just look at like the players and the form they have right now, um, you got to think that they're the real deal. You know, they've got Hamas, probably one of the best attacking players in the league. I think you could probably say that Luca Dini is like one of the, if not like top two or three um, fullbacks in the entire league, in my opinion. Um, Allen, pretty early to make a judgment, but he looked fantastic. Ducore, we know, is the real deal. Richarlison, there's a reason he's been linked with like Barcelona. He's the most fouled player in the league week in week out, constantly making dribbles, constantly getting back on defense. And then you've got Calvert Lewandowski in the form of his life, scoring goals every which way. For Calvert, fun. I mean, for absolute fun. Lewandowski? <laughs> for absolute fun. I just I have to say, part of what's been so exciting about all these new signings is they've just completely revitalized players that so many people had written off. Michael Keane is playing fantastically. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson back in form now that he doesn't have to worry about let's, doing so many defensive Let's wait duties. on those players for a second. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. We've already seen what they're care- capable of. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, though? Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Maybe uh, not him, mean, but, two years but ago? Michael Keane, two Michael years Keane ago? and Gilfie Sigurdsson are both staple Everton players that we've seen not the best form of. Yeah, I... I I think my last sort of sentiment would be I agree with Matt that there will be some sort of regression, but I'm not expecting like a spell of losses. You know, I, I it'll really almost certainly be goalkeeper four. related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pickford, yeah. I've never rated Pickford and my, my feelings about Pickford are well known given that he is Mac, Mac and scum. scum. He is for better or for worse. He is Mac and scum. Y'all should have gotten Romero when you had the chance. I wanted y'all to go after Emmy. Well, they tried to get Romero, but uh, United wouldn't let him go. That's how much United wanted to hold on to him. I think is how that went down. Uh, just but hey, but hey, De Gea we've gotten the third string Roma keeper. Yeah, Robin, <laughs> Robin Olsen. Um, I mean, Tim Howard, I saw Tim Howard was like, he's all right. So, you know, he can't be that bad, surely. That's um, better than Tim Howard. Plus, I think if anything, <laughs> if anything, I think it'll help Pickford play better because just the, the fact that they, like, took the, like, you know, went out there and brought someone else in just puts the, enough pressure on Pickford that he's like, okay, I really got to step it up now because there's someone breathing down his neck if he keeps making the same mistakes. So um, I think it, you know, it can't be a bad thing to have another, another body in there between the sticks, certainly. Um, I also, I fucked up. I said Golvandowski and, and it was clearly Levin Golski. So yeah. I, yep. forgive me. It's Dominic Calvert Levin Golski uh, is his real full title there. So that's my bad guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, you should be. I think I think we should like the the teams they beat are also like really good. They beat Spurs one nil. Spurs clapped United six one. They beat Spurs or uh, they beat West Brom five two. West Brom also put three past Chelsea. So Crystal Palace they beat two one. They beat United, which well, isn't they, saying much right should, now. They, they, uh, yeah, they they did beat United. Yep. Didn't really saying much, but. They 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 gave him a game and, and Brighton <laughs> and Brighton are drew. also well we're gonna call that yes. a draw against United yep. and yep. we'll talk about that yep. in a little bit too but yeah well no. that's part of the but these are no slouch of, the, of a teams like they they're 
they're in form right now. That's part of the thing, though. You you say Brighton are so good because they're they're out here playing with United. You say West Brom are so good because they're out here playing with Chelsea. It just makes you wonder what the hell is going on with the top six this year, and that's why there's actual optimism. Yeah, around I think everything. that leads into our next prompt pretty well as well. Yeah, so there you go, Taryn. I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth, but. Uh, we were going to go into the next topic, which is what the hell is going on <laughs> with the top six right now? Um, you know, you look at the table, you see Everton in first. They're three points clear of Aston Villa, who are also perfect, three for three this season. Then Leicester, and then you get down, and then you finally start to see some top six teams popping up. Arsenal is actually the highest top six team right now. But then, I mean, Liverpool's in fifth, Spurs in sixth. Chelsea in 7th, and then the two Manchester teams are City's in 14th and United's in 16th. And so basically all the top six teams have had just a dreadful start to the season. So the big question right now, I think, is who even is the title favorite? I mean, it, it, calling Everton a title favorite, at like it just feels four games so this weird. Season especially. It's yeah, so and it's premature. so early too. But you have to say, like, the top six is all over the place. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go around and ask you guys, I mean, who do you even consider the title favorite right now? Um, I, I I'd have to default to pool. Yeah, I, I also would say Liverpool, especially because the most Everton thing that I can think of would be to place second in the league to pool. And, <laughs> I mean, it's just written in the stars. Truth. I'd be fucking thrilled, man. <laughs> Last season they won and we finished fucking fourteenth, so I'd take it. Yeah, I think I think though uh, Liverpool has shown over the past two to three years that um, they are year in year out not going to be slouches, and if they need a little kick in the ass to get back to form, I think Klopp will give it to them. So I think you still have to say they're the favorites. I thought that before the season, but I mean. <laughs> They drew Leeds, and they got smacked by Leicester, who then went on to lose to West Ham. Um, and I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like there's just sort of a different vibe around City this year. They, they lost the league last year, and now it feels like, you know, that sort of, like, indestructible attack that they sort of built is kind of exposed. And they're just not clicking. And, I mean, there's plenty of time left, and that could certainly change, but... They've also been missing Jesus and Aguero. If the defense is going to be worth $400 million, they better win the fucking league. I mean, this is Pep's problem every single year, is they invest mad amounts of money in their defense, and it just doesn't pan out. Like, getting Laporte back is good, but he hasn't been in great form. And um, I suppose they brought in Ake... And also and Ruben the, Diaz. Is yeah, Ruben there. Diaz. I was about to say the other one that they brought in. So, like, they're investing, but the the trick is that you have to make that defensive line function and early... Actually early, coach them? Yeah, early on, it just doesn't seem like that's what's happening. Absolutely. I also... So, as much as it pains me to say this, I feel like Chelsea has a chance. I mean... They had that one really rough match against uh, West Brom where they were down 3-0. Showed a lot of character, I thought, to come back from that in the second half to, to draw that match 3-3. Uh, it finally seemed like they sort of found their form against Crystal Palace 
um, this past weekend. They beat them 4-0. Um, I, I mean, with the signings they've made and the attack they have, I think they're up there, especially considering how bad the rest of the top six looks. At the start of the... At the start of the season, I was thinking Chelsea maybe, you know, they could finish maybe if third or maybe even second if they got really hot. But, I mean, looking around, I don't know. I always thought their weakness was their defense, but it seems like no one's defense is good in the top six this year. Yeah. And Chelsea is such a good attack. So I think they're probably my sleeper pick to win the title at this point. Um, obviously a long way to go, though. So don't, I think uh... it's just a matter of time for Chelsea. They need to find their team chemistry and once all their new signings start to click it's going to be really dangerous yeah don't count yet. out spurs that's <laughs> true they just did make a i'm excited to see gareth bale back in the league oh god that is going to be fun i was super stoked when i saw that he was back because yeah i mean it back for tottenham as well gonna be a lot of fun to watch Could you imagine harry kane dropping deep and finding Youngman's son and gareth bale in space that is not something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Kane is honestly just a 10. Like He's, he's not even a striker. <laughs> We've been playing him wrong the whole he's time. He's really just a set-piece <laughs> specialist. I mean, like we saw Roy Hodgson <laughs> really, on corners. <laughs> really make the most of him as a player in the Euros. Um, yeah, dude, that, that screamer, 40-yard equalizer versus Iceland. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's so wide open right now. It's so hard to tell. Uh, but I guess we shall see. Now, the one top six team that we haven't mentioned talking about the title is a certain Manchester United. And uh, this this is a, going into a little bit of a segment that I just sort of threw a title on called How Do You Solve a Problem Like, like United? And it's I really should rephrase it. It's not problem. It's just so many problems. Um I mean, what the fuck is going on at Old Trafford? They just had a bizarre transfer window. Um, lost to Palace in their opener. Barely, barely scraped by Brighton thanks to a post, like an, an overtime penalty, like never before seen. The full-time whistle blew, and then they got a pen. Uh, and then they just got willy-whipped <laughs> 6-1 by Tottenham. Um, I mean, what is going on? Is it Ole? I mean, Ole's gotten some flack, but I feel like people are more upset at the board for the transfer window. So uh, I'll start with Taryn on this one. I mean, where do you start? Like, how do you solve the problems that are there right it's, now? It's a very interesting situation. Um, obviously, we were so, so hot coming in at the end of last season. We were playing well. There haven't been really any changes and we come out and we're just so so flat and it's it's kind of remarkable to see that um kind of switch get flipped in such a short period of time and we are struggling with teams that we would have put to bed just like two months ago um and obviously i mean everybody knows the problems with united um are structural right it's it's a problem i thought it was all pogba's fault well, I mean, yeah. The, okay, the Graham, problem is that our structure is Paul Pogba, <laughs> and he is, uh, you know, the Satan himself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, it seems like it's a motivational thing. I don't know why these players are not, like, wanting to put in a full shift. And you saw against Spurs, Greenwood and Rashford couldn't be arsed to get back, and so we just got, like, destroyed on the flanks and everywhere else. Um, but I... I think that um, 
I do not think that Olay is the main culprit here. I think that it's important to keep Olay because of sort of the intangibles that he brings to the club. Um, ever since we've gotten him, we've been playing, we've been fielding super young squads. We've been making lots of transfers in our youth teams. Um, we generally play more attractive football than we had been playing, even though the last three games do not reflect that. Um, and our squad is also just super bloated. Like, we have 32 players in our squad. 32. What What are you going to do with all those players? It's part of the reason that we couldn't um, invest and get players in is because we couldn't offload players. And when we could offload players, Ed Woodward is haggling over, like, $1 million worth of a transfer fee. That it, It's just, like, mind-boggling. Like, obviously, we don't have financial... <laughs> struggles shout out to my cat <laughs> um, like the glazers are just gonna take that million that we haggled for and put it in their pocket anyway we we need to just be offloading players so that we can free up space to get better players in that aren't named edinson fucking cavani <laughs> like it's actually just so wild and then the pussyfooting around the whole like dortmund sancho deal where Apparently, we thought we could haggle with them, even though they stated that they wouldn't haggle, and that like the deadline was on the day that they set, and they just fucked about and never signed him, and now we're still short of right wing. Um, but ultimately, to to make this a more laconic answer than I've already given, because I tend to ramble, I think that Ole needs to make some adjustments. Um, clearly, we're having defensive problems, and... We're not getting extra support from our forward slash wingers when we need to, so it would be nice to pull them back some and help have them help defend. Or you could look into playing a diamond to accommodate the um, the like wealth of talented midfielders that we have that he has played before. Like we've played diamonds before, and if we keep getting mollywopped by like average teams, it might be might be in Ole's best interest to get our best eleven on the field. You know, put the 11 best players on the field. Yeah. And we happen to have a bunch of good midfielders. you got to make it work. We're just uh, up the VAR payroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got him. Yeah, up the, up the Penandes uh, scoring tally already. I think I think they're also hamstrung by Maguire and Juan Bissaka. I just don't think those two players are capable of winning a league. Juan Bissaka, I totally disagree with you. Maguire has looked awful. Though. Not to mention also Luke Shaw is still a starter in that defense. Well, we got Tells. Yeah, Tellez Tellez is Tellez a good signing. Um, I mean, who who started at center back in the in the last game against Spurs uh, next to Maguire? I think was it by? I mean, gosh, like yeah, just the defense looks awful. I mean, there's no fluidity in the attack at all. Um, you're, you're not going to move Maguire on either. Uh, no. I mean, no. nor Aaron Juan Bissaka. No. I mean, so you're just stuck with them. Spent the GDP <laughs> of a small country on Maguire like a year ago. So yeah, gotta see. Just let him stick around and see if that. I, I think there's some point. positives to his game, though. I mean, if you saw the way he brought down Shaw on the box the other day, he might have a brilliant rugby career ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would like to say that I think Mason Greenwood is going to pop off after he. Uh, comes dive down from his high of whippets and prostitutes. <laughs> okay, and everyone keeps saying that. 
Let's not pretend that whippets aren't a literal rite of passage for young footballers. Okay? I mean, Jake, you're an Arsenal fan. You know yeah, more you than know any of us about your, your, your <laughs> Oh, I'm in full support of whippets. <laughs> you know, I, he wanted cigs in the locker room. He wanted there to is rip nothing some better. Whippets. Good on the lad. You know, you got to There get is it out nothing of your better than us beating Sunderland and then the next day seeing just the rest of the team, you know, enjoying their victory whippets. I can completely <laughs> get on board with that, let me tell you. 100% get on board with that. Yeah, no, I mean, we did talk about the diamond. I think that certainly rearranging the formation is is a must at this point. Um, I think your midfield is probably your strongest area. So, yeah, I think packing the midfield is probably the easiest way to fix the problem because you just seem so exposed. Um, but then again, all your midfielders are attacking midfielders. Like, if you play diamond, you know, you have Pogba and Fernandez and Van de Beek and Fred. And then sort of way down there is, like, Matic, who had a horrible year last year. Um, uh, what? I mean, not horrible. I shouldn't say that. But Matic was – he looked way past his prime last year. He, he didn't until, look – Until the most recent stretch of form that he had, he looked excellent. I agree with you. He looked awful for, like, six months. But – he he regained his form and became like a stalwart in our side for 15 or so games to run out the end of the season. Yeah, no. And so I agree. Like what I was saying is you've Matic as the holding mid and then you got to fit all these other attacking mids in there. It's it's just not the most balanced. I mean, Van de Beek can sort of play a box-to-box role. Um, so you could have like Van de Beek and Pogba and then maybe Fernandez as the number 10. Yeah, that's, that's how I would do it. Yeah, so, you know, I think a formation change is, is a must at this point. I would also like to bring up, I have not heard anything about this really, but Manchester in particular is one of the largest cult-following soccer clubs in the world. And the lack of fans in the stadium, I think, <laughs> really dampens it. I mean, like, think about it this way. If anything, not, they're getting saved from getting like booed all the time, to be honest. <laughs> but but also, you don't have... It, it's like a training game. And other teams are not going to be threatened as much when they don't have, you know, the roar of the other team's home field advantage in their face. I mean, it, I think it's a stretch, but I, I agree that that could contribute to form. I mean, not, not Manchester alone like th- i think that yeah, is no fans one of the reasons why but i think that's one of the teams. reasons why the premier league is so upside down now you have these smaller uh squads that are performing really well because they don't have to go into these massive places and they get to treat this like a more fun training session of sorts i definitely agree i think that the lack of fans is going to make the season really really weird to start out with there there i mean we've already seen crazy results but I think it's just. Gonna... Would Liverpool have lost if the cop was full? Well, that was that was at uh, that was at a Villa Stadium. Oh, that was at Villa. Yeah. Game. Villa Park. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I agree. I think that it definitely adds a whole new dynamic to the season. Um, that's just going to be weird, and I really think this could be like the weirdest Premier League season since maybe the year Leicester won the league. It's the everything is going to be upside down for a bit. So oh, you mean like all three years ago? Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. the d- ancient <laughs> history. Literal, literal that ages. Was. Yeah. All right. Well, so we we talked about the top six. Wolves and Leicester were up there last season. Um, Leicester's and in Sheffield third. for that matter. And Sheffield, uh, Sheffield not doing so well. Leicester's in third, but Wolves also surprisingly uh, kind of stumbling out of the blocks. 
One thing that Wolves and Leicester have in common is that they both got shockingly upset by West Ham. Um, and to talk more on this issue, we're bringing in a brand new correspondent <laughs> to the Yankee Count. <laughs> If you don't get that, then you are b b b b b b b b All right, so West Ham. When the schedule, the fixture list was released for the Premier League uh, this season, everyone was really worried about West Ham because they had to play four of the top six from last year, plus Leicester and Wolves, all in their first seven matches. And of course, Newcastle in their opening match. Um, in that first Newcastle match, they got bummed. Uh, we looked really good and we, we won 2-0. But here to bring us more insight into the life of a West Ham fan, we have a true footballing intellectual among us now. Uh, everybody, please welcome, also from Charlotte, North Carolina, the one and only Tactics Tommy. Tommy, how are you doing right now? Sam, my my butt cheeks are so incredibly clenched you would not even you could not even understand. So for those who don't know, um, we're in a bit of a crossover episode here. While the Yank account is being recorded currently, I am beers in watching the Yankees in the ALDS. They are and out away from surviving to a game five. So if there's a random exclamation, that's what that is. Also, rest in peace to the Marlins meme they lost today. Uh, beautiful, beautiful meme of the Miami Marlins never losing a playoff series has died. But anyway, transitioning. Yeah, dude, all this baseball stuff, man. Transitioning back to soccer. I'd like to lead in with um, the Stephen A. Smith video with Wolves playing in the background. Um, I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. And it's it's not because on July 24th, we confirmed Tomas Suchek. Like, that's cool. He's cool. We like him. He's good. He's been really good for us. Helped us stay up. It is a little bit because we, uh, we sold Grady Dangana. And we sold him... To a fucking relegation, like likely relegation rival in West yeah, Brom. Maybe I'm speaking up. a little early. We've had some great, we've had some great results the past couple weeks, but goddamn, that was annoying. But you know, they said the board said these these funds definitely definitely are going to where we really need it. We've got plenty of we got plenty of guys in his position. It'll be fine. We're gonna we are going to fill out the squad. Since then, leaving, uh, we've had Josh Collin, who was supposed to come back on a loan. He's gone. Jack Wilshire, we just outright terminated him. <laughs> um, Felipe Anderson on loan to Porto. Other notable departures, Jeremy Ankagia. Uh, I can't, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name. Abian Ayeti, Jordan Hugel. All these fuckers are gone. I think you're forgetting And you know who we brought in? 
I'm talking about just since, like, just since we got rid of uh, Grady. No, no, Rice is leaving in January. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm. I'll get to that. I'll get to that, Drew. Don't worry. But all of this, you, you'd you'd think we'd have brought somebody good in, right? Like, surely more than one person at least. Especially after almost getting relegated last year. Yeah, especially exactly. Because I mean, Suchek also. You got to remember. We signed him to like permanently now, but he was already with us. He was on loan last uh, at the end of the last Premier League season. So we added him, but we still already had him. Um, but all of this, and the only person we've added is Vladimir Kufal. He is a right back, and he is from Slavia Prague also. Again, so, so both your signings, uh, this, this they window are, are from Slavia they Prague. They are checkmates, you could say. <laughs> checkmates. <laughs> um, but those t- this is an incredible stat for multiple reasons. Um, it makes it so that half of our entire transfer class came from Slavia Prague. Who else did you bring in? Because oh, I saw what I saw was we had the, the the we had those are our only. He was our only actual transfer. We had Connor Coventry and Nathan Holland rejoin the squad from loan. So, <laughs> so the, the only, only addition the only we made is, is yeah. Vladimir and you and know Suchek. and Suchek. So we We're now sit the Czech league. We now sit <laughs> at a league low. 20 fucking two squad members. <laughs> 22 oh fucking people on the whole goddamn team. Yeah, Holy I'll sell shit! You five. I'll sell you five the players West Ham, right now. <laughs> the West Ham board is hoping for some Moyes magic. Dude, the co- he is he has flourished with COVID. We have scored seven goals since David Moyes got COVID. So there's something to be said for that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it, 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 can you even begin to explain what happened when you went from getting pretty firmly beat in the opener by Newcastle and then losing to Arsenal and then going and winning against Wolves and Leicester, two teams that were right up there in the top four last year, by a combined 7 nothing score? Like, what I, was- I, I, I can't. Um, it's really watching them, what they do well is they counter. And whatever you... Basically, everything positive you see is either lumping it up to Antonio or countering with Bowen on the right. And, you know, if you don't get that, then you are Bowen. But you've got that. But we've got that. You beat Wolves. But now we beat Leicester and Wolves. And I got to say, after we lost to Newcastle, I was firmly in the camp of like, we're going to need to go trick-or-treating for a goddamn point and hope one puts it in our pillowcase. Um, but, you know, now we're sitting with six. If we had played better against Newcastle, you know, who knows? But um, all of that, uh, you know, we're sort of looking at a potential takeover, and that could be part of why the transfer window was so disappointing. Um, current owners, if they're about a uh, you know, jump ship might not want to invest in new people, but um, we'll we'll just see what happens with that. I mean, but the positives. Someone, I was just gonna say, as someone that's been down that takeover road very recently, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Those are more complicated than they may yeah, seem. Yeah, I, I think I told you earlier, Sam, it's going to be like through a depression cycle, but I never get to acceptance. Right, yeah, and I, and I thought that was so the most poetic. So just basically re, re, repeat the first four steps of that, and that, uh, that'll be about what it's, what it's like. That was the most poetic thing I've ever seen about supporting a non-top <laughs> six club. It was like depression, uh, glimmers of hope, and then back to depression, but you never quite reach the acceptance level. Um, you, ne- you never really get over it. You never no. get past it. Um, but also, um, Drew touched on this, but uh, we did keep Rice this window. So politely, at least until January, Drew, just go fuck yourself. You'll have plenty of your here, own pull here. power by the time January comes here, around. Power. All right? That's so really cool. uh, All until power. then, fuck yourself. I'll take that. No one man, no one man can have all that pull power. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need and, to uh, uh, highlight Suchek. He is basically Moises Fellaini 2.0. His late runs into his box are amazing, and his heading ability is really good. He, I'm pretty sure he actually scored against us in the Europa League um, twice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. And then he scored against you in the restart. Yep, yep. Should have been twice. Yep. Should have been twice. They called one back for that bullshit offsides with Antonio, like, just falling over in the box. But then he scored, uh, like, later that half on the exact same thing. Yep. He has um, quality. That's exactly what he's brought to us. The Rice-Suchek pivot is good. The problem is if, like, they all have to, they both have to play 90 minutes a game. Every fucking game. You have but plus Antonio. You have Mark Iniesta yeah, Noble on the bench. Like I said, they have to play ninety minutes a match every match. Um, Mark Noble's never played I mean, again. No, after that, Mark Noble is Mr. West Ham, but seriously, he was not not happy about it. Um, so he was happy about it. Yeah. No, actually, Drew, he wasn't. Uh, to be totally honest with you, he, he he didn't seem thrilled. He tweeted about it even. Oh, oh, that's bad. When guys so, like yeah, that like, are getting on Twitter... Like Mark Noble. <laughs> when Mark he specifically Noble made like, a Twitter account just to say something. Me, <laughs> you have got to be fucking kidding. Like, it takes a lot for Mark Noble to really lash out. Especially a guy who's so West Ham. Like, he is Mr. West Ham. West Ham through and through. But, you know, I still expect to go down. We might not, but I still expect it. Those were six important points regardless that you got against uh, Wolves and Leicester. They're six bonus points. They're six points I did not expect to have. Mm, You guys have enough quality to stay up, I think. I agree. I just don't – if we get a single injury, we just don't have the depth to cope with that. Um – We'll see if we can scoop somebody out of the championship. I think you'll be saved. Well, you'll have an extra 50 Fulham... to 60 mil in January. Yeah, you'll be saved by the fact that Fulham yeah. look awful. Yeah. Sheffield United are starting off horrifically. Burnley don't look so hot. West Brom, pretty suspect that's, so far. That's United. United. <laughs> yeah, we're going down, lads. We need a new challenge. Oh, man. United to be the new leads? Uh-oh. United going down. All right, well, Tactics Tommy, thank you so much for your time here on the Yankee Count. And um, 
I hope I hope that not only you but also West Ham and the Yankees themselves top, can bring you top joy. tier cricket team. That. Cheers to all these organizations that will bring me eternal pain. all right well uh, we talked a little bit about the relegation teams uh, so i think now is a great time to uh, transition into our our predictions for the rest of the year Prediction time, lads. We have the advantage of a couple of matches head start um, on these predictions because we didn't do a preseason episode. But honestly, looking at the table, I don't even know if that would have done us that much good anyways. (laughs) Um, So let's start off with, I guess, just our top six predictions because right now the top six, the historic top six are are performing so badly. You just don't know who's going to end up there. Um, so I'll just start out with uh, with the first person on the sheet here. Taryn, who do you think is going to end up in the top six this year and why? Okay, so I have in order Liverpool, Everton, City, Arsenal, Chelsea, United. The, um, the, it, can you imagine Liverpool and Everton like... <laughs> Like going blow for blow and like a shout out to the to the nineteen eighties. I very much can't throwback era. I really think that's going to happen. Um, Like I said earlier, they've got Ancelotti and they've got a bunch of world class players. Why wouldn't it? Um, I put United in there out of pure pride. I didn't want to put Tottenham in there because I hate them, and (laughs) that about explains everything for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Drew, who you got? <laughs> I got a uh, pool with the title. It's pretty obvious, self-explanatory. I put a cheeky... 7-2? Seven, seven yeah, still 7-2. Is seven that two. obvious? Everyone has a bad day at the office. Um, I put a cheeky Chelsea at number two. I feel like as soon as we can get things clicking, it's over for the rest of the league. Number three, I put City just because of their quality. Um, I really think Arsenal are top four contenders. Arteta has them drilled well. They just got one of the best midfielders in the world. They've added defensive reinforcements. It's just all in the up for them. At let's see, at five, I'll put Spurs. Again, they have too much quality up front to to not get into top six. Um, and then number six. I got Everton right there. I just don't think they have the squad depth to compete at the highest level yet. Um, but yeah, that rounds it out for me. Well, about the squad depth, though, like they have already had several injuries, and the quality of their play doesn't seem to have decreased, albeit not against top six teams, but I think they've shown that they can play without all of their stalwart players. Okay, so uh, then why I'll, didn't I'll Everton do well extent. before these players? Like uh, um, Alan Ducore and Magic. I mean, who is who's injured for Everton? It's just Alan, right? Alan Richarlison. Alan was injured. Gomez and Richarlison were injured last Gomez. time. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree somewhat with Drew. Um, I think we have a really good team. I think if James or Dominic Calvert Lewin get injured, we're in trouble. Yeah, Jake. What about you? I'm still saying City going number one. Uh, then I have Liverpool. Then I have 
Chelsea because I think Chelsea are going to figure their shit out and really start to click. Uh, coming in with number four, Arsenal. I'm looking forward to what we have in store. Uh, number five, I think, will be Everton. I don't know if they're top four material yet. Still super early in the season. I would not be unhappy if they finish top four. I think that'd be awesome, but I don't think they're going to. And then six, I'm going Leicester. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good pick. No yeah, personal. Leicester has not cracked the top six in any of ours. Um, I think Leicester have a good shot, actually. What I had before the season was City 1, Chelsea 2, Liverpool 3, Arsenal 4, United 5, and Tottenham 6. But I'm going to change at least one thing. I'm putting Everton at 5th place instead of United. I don't know if I see United finishing top 6 this year. I just don't They know. might not even finish at all. <laughs> I mean, maybe they find yeah. their form, and it's certainly possible. I mean, they had, I, they had rough I personally last think year. that the club is going to dissolve before the end of the season. Administration. They're going into oh, Bolton Wanderers, the next Bolton. Um, also, uh, this is a bit of a non sequitur, but uh, let's pour one out for Sheffield Wednesday, who are who've all, always been one of my second teams in the English leagues. Uh, getting a negative 10-point start <laughs> in the championship this year for for failing financial fair play, um, which is just remarkable. Uh, I guess there were some weird weird shenanigans if going on. If only that happened to City. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they just need better lawyers. It's fucking criminals. Just some Saudi Arabian um, lawyers. Anyways, yeah, so I think I'm going to put Everton at five. I think United probably finished maybe seventh. Um Leicester is an interesting one. I think Leicester could definitely finish top six, um, but I don't know who they who they replace. Maybe maybe if Arsenal kind of falter. Um, otherwise, I don't see City and Liverpool finishing outside the top six. Obviously, and I think Spurs are Spurs are going to get. But they're also here. just there's there's Spurs. They are Spurs. Never count them out to do something That's terrible. True. And let it be known that if that does happen, the uh, the Netflix or the Amazon documentary oh, is going to be even better than this year's last one. I don't so. know if that's possible. Wait, did they re-up for a season two? Yep. That's I think they did. Yeah, they did. I think they did, so be on the lookout for that. Um, all right, so we got the top six. Uh, biggest surprise, and this is in a positive way, like biggest good surprise. Um, I'll start us off this time because I went last last time. I think Aston Villa are really going to challenge for Europe. I think that they have a very underrated team. I mean, you look at their attack, and obviously they have Grealish, who's a stud, an absolute stud. They signed Ross Barkley, which is a sneaky good signing, I think. I mean, Barkley Barkley is just a very useful player to have in midfield. Um, and, you know, the rest of their attack as well is, is very solid. Ollie Watkins is, is a good Watkins player. Is a- Beast. Watkins yeah. is an excellent striker. I think that they're going to surprise people. I don't know if they'll finish top six, but I think I could see them at maybe eighth place come the end of the season. Which shout out to my boy Emmy. He, I'm, I'm so sad that he left, but I'm so happy that he's getting the starts that he deserves. He's going to be amazing for them. Yep, yep. I, I definitely think they'll be good. Um, you saw what he did against Liverpool, <laughs> and they did just smack Liverpool. Seven. They scored a touchdown. Yeah, a touchdown to a safety <laughs> in that game. They, they got the extra point. God bless I'm uh, I'm gonna follow you up there, Sam, and say Leeds are a pretty good shout for a team that could 
go far despite starting as a newly promoted team this year. They look pretty fucking sharp uh, coming out of the gate with a draw against City and a very narrow loss against Liverpool. Um, they have some really brilliant attacking stuff. Bielsa has them playing some really attractive soccer. I am excited to watch some Leeds scum this year. Bielsa is probably a top five manager in the league, I would have to say. Yeah, if, if Leeds um, beat United in terms of the table, I'm probably never watching another game of football ever again. I'm going to burn my Martial jersey. This <laughs> and, yeah. They do look very good, though. Um, I mean, everyone knows the whole trope about Bielsa being like a furious student of the game, like always has his mind on soccer, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, his team looked good. And, Could you, you know, give it a couple of years. Tactically outclassed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? <laughs> Actually, yes, because we tend to play better against teams that try to dominate possession. That try to play? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can look at our record against City for the past two years to uh, yeah. fact-check me on that one. But yes, no, it's true. I can't You're see content with Manchester United being them. a counter-attack team. That's fine with me as long as we can put the other teams to bed. Fair point. Drew, if you want to give us your surprise of the season. Oh, yeah, definitely Everton. I didn't expect them to start this well at all. Perennial hater. I mean, <laughs> you know, I hate on everybody. It's true. He's true. a plague. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's left? Jake, I think. I'm not going to pick a team. I'm going to say <laughs> the biggest surprise is seeing Gareth Bale and Edison Cavani. In the <laughs> yeah, that is a Only like three or four years too late. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible to see both of them trying to play for these clubs past their prime. I, I cannot yeah, wait. I totally agree. I will say that Cavani has gotten a lot of shit. I think a lot of United fans are really pissed off that they got Cavani and not what they actually needed. That being said, um, throw some respect on Cavani because he's a top class player, and I think he's going to do some stuff this year. I hope he does. I love it. I was begging for Cavani to be signed like three years ago. Top class player. I think Cavani is going to do a lot better than people are saying. It's just the price tag that's. I mean, he was on a free, bro. (laughs) He's he's making like a million a week. Yeah, he's only making like a hundred fifty. Fucking thousand a week last time I, I checked. I thought it was closer to 200, 250,000. Yeah, not according it's, to Despacito News. Yeah, whatever. It's just. It's still the a problem lot. is Don't that it's wrong. just an incredibly tone deaf transfer. Like, yeah. it's completely not what they need. It's very David, David Ornstein said that they they weren't even, or Cavani wasn't even on the radar. They gave him this, the number up. seven shirt. They and then, the and then they were just seven. like, all right, let's get him. He's not a How winger. How tone deaf is that? They gave him the seven shirt. And, hey. Put some respect on his name. He's out here doing fucking ballet to show the guys that they can True. do ballet. You know. Social respect, warrior. Respect. Have he has season. a number seven curse. I'm going to put an early prediction that Cavani scores 20 Premier League goals this season. Ooh. I'll put a bet that he doesn't. Wet. Let the record show that I bet $10 in like August that Newcastle would get relegated. So 
Well, I don't know about that. We'll see if it happens. But I literally was so pissed off. I went and made an account on a sports betting website and and bet ten dollars <laughs> on that happening. So, um, all right, you'll be on. kept in by the by the sweaty haunches of Alan Saint Maximin. I think <laughs> the meaty, the big meaty claws of Saint Maximin. Uh, speaking of disappointing teams. Uh, who are who are biggest disappointment predictions? I'll start us off again here, um, and it's a bit of a weird one because it's it's not like a huge disappointment thing, but I think Man City this year could str- could possibly struggle to finish in the top four, and the reason I say that is this: Pep Guardiola looks so different as a manager now than he did when he came to the Premier League. Like, when he first came to the league, every loss was such a big deal to him, and it really affected him. And now they've, you know, they've dropped four points in their first uh, three games. And and he's just like, oh, yeah, well, we played well, oh, you know, this and that. So what you're saying um, is he's a fraud. He is fraud. He's bald, he's fraud, and he's leaving at the end of the season. He's a bald it's- fraud. The real reason is because he ha- doesn't have a dashing Spaniard next yeah, to him. Yeah, losing, no Ar- losing Arteta took the romance out of his life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No I bet longer. Arteta was the driving force behind their defense. He could have been. Because Arsenal's defense has kicked up a notch while City's has gone down a level. Okay, all right, all right. Let's not, let's not get too overwhelmed. No, I want to build Arsenal up and let them finish 16th. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what other uh, disappointments do we have? Uh, I mean, you um, kind of... Oh, go ahead, Jake. You can go ahead. I think the biggest disappointment is Chelsea, because they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I think the biggest disappointment is um, Gunnar Saris. That was just well, a see, that's horrible happened. blow. I was going more for predictions, but yeah, Gunnersaurus going extinct is is probably the most like devastating thing that's happened in the Premier League in in decades. It brought me to tears. I don't know if it's more of a disappointment that he's extinct or that Ozil is covering his wages, <laughs> or that on the same day that they they had to cut him to save funds, they signed a player for forty million euro. <laughs> But Ozil does have the best PR in the fucking world. That was the first positive contribution Ozil has made to Arsenal Football Club in over a year, probably closer to two <laughs> years. Yaw, Gunners, yaw. Shout out Ozil. Uh, I, I personally think the biggest disappointment is going to be Sheffield after how well they did last season. They still are just really struggling to produce goals, and that is a good way to not have a good time in the Premier League. Yeah, Absolutely, Matt. Them. I'm gonna make a little bit more of a of a bolder prediction. I'm gonna say the disappointment this year is Wolves. I think they sold some key players with Hota, with Darty. They definitely did bring in some good players. Um, they have Europa Sweden. League. Oh, actually, they don't have Europa League, do they? No. Um, despite that, I think um, I don't they think they're gonna reach the levels. They did. I don't think they're going to reach the levels that uh, they, they've reached in the previous Matt's years. Matt's licking his fucking chops, dude. This man hates wolves. Uh, top eight this year. <laughs> All right, next, uh, we just got done with the transfer window. Best signing. Um, I'll let Matt go first on this one as well. I I mean, I definitely have to say James Rodriguez will be the best signing 
I don't think it's even close. <laughs> I, I mean, second that. Come in and made an immediate impact. Who, let's just go ahead and take a vote. Who all thinks? Who all thinks Hamez is going to be one of the best signings in the league? I think he will be easily the best. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. No, wait, my hand is not raised. Drew, who do you got? Kenny uh, Havertz. Hakeem Ziyech. Oh. Ziyech has not yet played, and this is competing against the likes of Havertz and Werner. So that's a that's a bold statement, but... You'll see. Hakeem Ziyech will be the key. I think of all three of those players that Chelsea signed, Ziyech, Werner, Havertz, I think Ziyech is the most likely to underwhelm. Me too. Um, I just think agree. Werner has proven himself at such a high level. There's, he's going to score goals. He, he's just going to pop him in the net. Havertz has already looks great. He's he's such a fluid and creative attacking you know central mid. Ziyech is the weird one where he's sort of a winger, sort of an attacking mid. All he's really a bit. He tucks in on the right, which is going to help Reese James overlap on the other side. I could definitely see it, but I think that. Of all three of those, I think that he's probably the most likely to underwhelm. But, I mean, hey, you're, you're a Chelsea fan. You watch them more than I do, so. That's yeah, I mean, he definitely has more of a pedigree than Hamas, I have to say. ZX. <laughs> also, a sneaky shout to uh, Callum Wilson as one of the better I was going to throw Callum Wilson in there, not because he's the best like player in the league, just because if we hadn't most signed impact. him, we yeah, would have 100% gotten relegated. <laughs> like, I mean, the reason we have the points we have now is is purely because of him. So, without him, we'd be... And Ryan Frazier, he's a good creator. Yeah, yeah. We had a good... Newcastle had a pretty good window. Um, Nothing flashy, but a lot of Premier League proven players, which is usually we're taking punts on random players from, like, France, like... Remy Cabello. And that's how you got St. Max, so you watch your tongue. It is how we got St. Max. You lucked out with him. Who is, who is just a stud. I just love that man so much. Um, Jake, what would you have a prediction for best signing? I mean, I haven't seen Party play in the league, <laughs> obviously, but I just don't remember last time we had a midfielder that I was proud of. Uh, Ever since our also, retired. Exactly. Uh, I love Gabriel as well. W- much Wait, needed. Did you not respect Jaka when he told your fans to fuck off? <laughs> Honestly, I respected him more for that. There you go. <laughs> uh, it it is weird seeing him actually become somewhat of a a captain. Like as a person, he seems like a fantastic dude, and I'm glad Arteta's gotten the best out of him so far. But I he's just he's just not material for us um but i'm really excited to see party absolutely yeah now on the flip side of that worst signing predictions and jake i'll let you go first here oh god you're putting me on the spot uh i don't want him to but i honestly think gareth bale is gonna flop (laughs) oh you're saying you don't want him to when he plays for spurs come on now you totally want him to no, I've loved Gareth Bale. He has been such a fun, energetic player from Spurs to Madrid. Just the pace. I remember when he got some crazy-ass cleats, and I wanted them just because they looked like speed. Jake, you're a fucking plastic. <laughs> Don't ever speed. call yourself an Arsenal fan again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I can like players. I'm just messing with uh, you. All right, Taryn, who you got? Worst worst yeah. signing prediction. So this is actually really funny because I was going to say this before Drew even said anything, but I think Ziek is just going to like 
flop hard. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I just don't really think he's going to gel on that Chelsea side. I think Werner and Havertz, both are excellent signings, but I just really don't see Ziyech panning out. Um, I, I mean, the problem, too, is that he has to compete with people like Pulisic, who had a great yep. season last year, as well as Mason Mount, um, players like that who have sort of already established themselves. Um, so we'll see. He'll get his chance. It's just a matter of whether he takes it or Plus, not. Plus, they're going to expect – I mean, Frank likes a player who can run. That's why he loves Mason Mount so much is because Mount is an engine on the field. And I could be wrong about this, but I have never heard anybody call Ziek the, like, the engine – the one that's always running, putting pressure in constantly. So if he can do that, if he can do that, hats off to him. You'd be surprised. He leads the press for Ajax. All right, well, Drew, who do you got while there's a helicopter taking off in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Um, gosh. Mm, Honestly, it's it's tough because everyone's bought well. I'm going to go with uh, Rion Brewster for Sheffield. I think he's going to flop. He They spent a lot of money on him, too. So if yeah. he flops, yeah. Sheffield could be real, real fuck. I like that. Oh, I would like to say <laughs> something about best signing. We haven't seen or heard much of Thiago for Liverpool but I think he is going to be incredible yeah. once they figure That's out. A to me, he's just the, the perfect Wijnaldum like, upgrade. Like He's just Wijnaldum, except he's better. Upgrade. I, I don't think that they're even like analogous players, really. Tiago kind I of... I find them very similar. No, no. Tiago moves the ball from the back third up towards the final third and why the whole thing is that Wijnaldum is just such a sh- he's just such a like water carrier in midfield you know he doesn't score that many goals he's not gonna provide I feel like he's pass. more attacking than Thiago I think Liverpool's system limits uh Wijnaldum because he scores a lot for Netherlands he's a good he was when he came to Newcastle he was a very attacking midfielder but Klopp has sort of reformed him into more of a more of a box-to-box, like, stay-back midfielder um, yep. while the, yep. the front three does all the work. So, yeah, that, that's a that's a good shout, though, Jake. Um, Matt, who you got for worst signing predictions? I am going to go for another uh, big one here, and I'm going to call that Ruben Diaz is the worst signing <laughs> for Man City. Um, like granted, that. he's been very highly rated. He definitely has uh, a lot of potential. I could be completely wrong. Uh, however, for Shout the absolutely, <laughs> that's right. For the absolutely ridiculous fee that they purchased him for, I mean, as you might expect for City, uh, I believe it was sixty-two million pounds. Yeah, uh, for he would pay that much defender. money for a fucking center back. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, which team would fucking do that? Um, but yeah, I. I think that Man City needs uh, serious reinforcements to their defense. They look really leaky this season, and I don't think he's going to be the guy to do it. I think he's going to come into an already already bad situation, and for that much money, he's going to be a flop. Yeah, so Matt, I actually have written down here as well, um, Ake and Diaz are tied uh, as the worst signings. Because, I mean, they spent, and I'll, I'll convert to 
the American system here, but um, $125 million is how much Man City spent on Ake and Diaz. Now, Ake got relegated with Bournemouth last year. He's always uh, been he the was, best player on that side, though. True, but, I mean, he's still... I mean, I understand that there's only so much you can do as a center back when your offense can't hold, you know, can't keep possession, can't sort of prevent... Uh, and your midfield can't prevent attacks to a degree. But I just... I just don't know. I mean, he's he's a good ball playing defender, but they Man City has so many of those already. Uh, I just I, they need a real solid stud, and they were linked with Koulibaly. That never materialized. Um, I don't know as much about Diaz, but I I feel like from what I've heard, he's a similar type of player, like a ball playing center back. And you know, Pep can try as hard as he wants to put eleven midfielders on the pitch and make it work, <laughs> but uh, we've seen so far this year they have been exposed. I mean, Leicester put up five. Leeds, uh, Leeds managed to uh, to get a draw against them. So Brucey's going to put that put. man in the dirt. They keep they keep buying John Stones in different forms. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, as far as predictions go, last but not least, who do we think is getting relegated? And I'll, I'll go first here. Um, and we've, talked a, United. We've, we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, so I think Sheffield United is actually going to pull their way back. I think yeah. they, they, especially since they do have Brewster, um, and Brewster is a good player. I mean, he'll find his feet eventually, I think. It, it is a matter of whether he gets the service he needs to score enough goals. But I think that Sheffield will will be safe. I think my bottom three this year are going to be Burnley, who have no points and have done nothing in the transfer window. Uh, Fulham, who are just, they're just the definition of a yo-yo club these days. They play way too attacking for the Premier League. And Wait, uh, wait mate, they got Ruben Loftus-Cheek. They do have Ruben <laughs> Loftus-Cheek. That's a guaranteed 40 points. They don't have, like, four center backs. They, they are absolutely... <laughs> They have the well, worst center back in the league in Adoy. Oh, I thought you were about to say Reem, and I was going to say, you can't say that on this podcast. <laughs> My boy, Timmy. Uh, last but not least, I'm going to say, so Burnley, Fulham, and then West Brom. Um, they, they did have that great performance against Chelsea, but Slavin Bilic is such a volatile manager, uh, and he, he doesn't seem to have drilled the necessary defensive like mindset into that squad so far. Um, and I can see them conceding a lot of goals and not scoring enough to stay up. So those are my bottom three. Um, we'll go with uh, Taryn. What do you think is your bottom three? Fulham for sure. Um, I love Mitrovic so much, but <laughs> not <laughs> even he can bear the weight of that club on his massive shoulders. Um, <laughs> and then I pray that this is finally the year that Burnley goes down. I mean... I've been saying a quick one every night to the big man up top. Please get this club out of the fucking Premier League. (laughs) And it hasn't happened yet, but I'm optimistic, like you said. And I actually think that this, and this will be truly unfortunate. I think Brighton's time has has probably come. Really? I do. What? Wow. I do. I think that they're in a hot bit of form right now, but the same problems that they had last year are going to creep up. I think they'll get stale, and I think they'll go down. So I will say that Brighton have played United and just barely lost there. Everton, who are top of the league. Chelsea, who they who they, they looked gave us good against they gave us for a while. And then they, they cock-slapped Newcastle at St. James. Um, Tariq Lamptey looks a player, so I would disagree with that. But I mean, 
Mopar, they, they, are in they are in 15. They also have Ben White. Ben White was Leeds' best center back last season in the championship. Interesting. I think, I think it'll translate well. Yeah, Drew, who do you think? Who are your bottom three? I was literally, the people you picked were the same as me. I'll go with, uh, yeah, Burnley, Fulham, and uh, West Brom. Burnley just because every other team has strengthened and now the games are condensed now. So they're not looking not looking hot for them. And they lost players too. I mean, Jeff Hendricks Jeff is Hendricks, a superstar, yep. but I mean, he started for us. So he's somewhat of an important player for Burnley, certainly. Um, Matt, who you got? I am going to go with Fulham for sure. Uh, unfortunate, but their defensive position just looks awful right now. I just cannot see that club surviving unless they pull off an absolute miracle. Um, whether that be bringing in the right players with another injection of cash or just grinding out results, but I don't see it happening. I think they finish bottom. Uh, next, I agree absolutely with everything you said against about West Brom. They will show some very fine attacking moments. They have some really nice attackers with uh, Matias Pereira and um, uh, Diangana from uh, from West Ham as well looks looks really good, but I don't think it'll be enough to keep them up. I think they are second bottom, uh, and then third bottom. Uh, Burnley's definitely close. I agree with that, but I think Sheffield gets relegated. I really do. They have looked awful so far this season. Hot take. You don't believe in Wilder? They have Ethan Ampadu. Another guaranteed 40 points. <laughs> if Ethan Ampadu guarantees 40 points, then St. Maximin guarantees 103. So, um, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Jake, Jake, finish us off. I mean, just poor Fulham. Like, you've all Taking said up all it three all. spots. <laughs> yeah. uh, next, I mean, West Brom have given up 13 goals already. They're looking rough. I'm gonna say. I mean, granted, uh, a third of them were to the best team that ever was. So, right, 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 right. <laughs> the best team that ever was for sure. Uh, and just to switch it up from everyone else, and because they don't have Jack Wilshere manning that midfield, West Ham. Ooh, okay, yeah. See, Tommy tactics. Hey, Tommy, bring Tommy back. Bring Tommy tactics. Back. Tommy did predict West Ham to go down. He said he was still. Thinks you know, just so down. Tommy can. I mean, twenty-two players in a squad is bad. Yeah, that is so that. thin. That is I was so thinking, thin. I mean, so you got eleven starters and you got uh, seven people on the bench. That means you only have four reserve players to come in. So if four people get injured, you're literally down to like having to call up like U23 players. Yep. You know, and that is not a, which not a good could sign. be a good thing potentially. They just lost their best one. It's a true, good thing to true. prep them up for Diamond League One the next year or championship. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. Uh, hopefully they get taken over, I guess, for West Ham fans' sake. But like I said earlier, takeovers is, are not fun. How has uh, Saeed Ben Rama not been picked up yet? That guy's a baller. He, he's I'm on sure Brentford, right? the domestic right? transfer window is still open, right? It is. Ben, yeah. Yeah, ben Rama is the dude from Brentford, correct? Yes. He's the championship Mara's. Before Mara's was the championship, or after Mara's was the championship Mara's. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, I think that about does it here. Uh, we do tend to conclude our podcast with a brew review. I don't think anyone else picked up this brew that I recommended to them. Um, but they can, light, yeah. they can just chat shit. Um, I'm drinking a new Belgium accumulation, which is just a 
Hell of a, a name. white IPA with a white snowy can. It's about like 75 degrees in Charlotte right now, but uh, it's really putting me in a, a cozy winter mood. Uh, quite nice, quite nice actually. Very light IPA. Still 6% though, uh, so I'm, I've had a couple. I'm feeling all right. Um, meanwhile, other to- uh, talking points as we conclude our episode, uh, the USMNT looking kind of nice. We are though. Kind of generational. Yeah. I mean, what, like, how, how high do I mean, you think these look, these look, here's get? all you need to know. We're winning People the World Cup. will talk in the Champions League, Messi versus Ronaldo. Messi versus Ronaldo. I say we look inwards to the midfield, and I say we look at Dest versus McKinney. Huge matchup there. Yeah. Huge Titans matchup. Titans of the game. <laughs> Battle of the Bastards. It's kind of crazy that McKinney is actually starting for Juve, to be honest, because he was linked with Everton and Newcastle the same window. And everyone's like, honest, he's not good enough. Yeah, like, I don't know if he is good enough. And just, I mean, he's a dynamic. I player. love Christian Pulisic. I can't believe he went to Chelsea, but he really did break down some barriers to send all these new American players over into Europe, and it's been amazing watching them flourish. Yeah, shout out Pulisic. Uh, shout out Gio Reyna. Shout out the Gio other Reyna. weekend in the Bundesliga between the men and women's, I believe U.S. players accounted for like 70% of the goals scored for, for the fixtures for the weekend. Uh, something absurd. I mean, it helped that... Uh, oh, How do you pronounce his name from Dortmund? Reyes. But he gave a hat trick. Oh, Gio Reyna. Yeah, you're thinking of Reyna, right? I was about to say. Uh, he gave the, the hat trick and assist for Dortmund. Yeah, he was he was on fire for sure. I mean, the USMNT is looking up. 17. But, uh, you know, as we spoke about off air, we'll probably just end up losing to Barbados. or uh, Fucking Trinidad. French Guiana. Trinidad and Tomato. I still remember crying after that Trinidad game. Um, Alright, FIFA 21 comes out tomorrow. Who's buying it? No one. Fuck out of here. I pre-ordered it. I'm I'm that 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 guy. That being said, yeah, I'm also getting it tomorrow. (laughs) I'll bump the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fire, once again. I swore off of all that because my blood pressure simply can't take it. <laughs> you should you should totally play Ultimate Team, Taryn. That'll just really help Fuck you. Out yeah, that. yeah. I was thinking about it. Pro oh, clubs is where it's at. Pro and we if as soon as they do cross platform pro clubs, any person listening here can can catch these hands from our All Yank board. account pro clubs team. If FIFA do not bump up the physicality level of Adama Traore, they will be trifled with. That man's gonna be the sweatiest player in the game. They gave James Rodriguez 58 pace. 53. 53. <laughs> 53. His inform oh card was 58. His normal card was 53. <laughs> so uh, other, other ridiculous ratings, Marcus Alonso and Alfonso Davies rated both the exact same at left back, I see, 82. I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there are many others. Carlos Tevez is, is like four points above Tammy Abraham, which I, I think probably Drew would take issue with. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, they were a shit show. If you want to, we could make a whole another episode on this bull. If you want to get pissed off at something for a bit, go look at the FIFA 21 ratings. But as I said, I'm I'm one of those people that's just giving EA money year after year for no cause. <laughs> also, right. I would Anyways, like to shout out one one more thing. I would like to shout out Amazon for giving us that 
great Tottenham special. Amazon, if you're listening, we are accepting sponsorships. Yes. Hey, well, if you want to make us an Amazon uh, Amazon Prime, the Yank exclusive. account, all or nothing. Mostly nothing. Mostly nothing. Yeah. Mostly nothing for about a year, and then some things. <laughs> <laughs> some things. Still close to nothing, but some things above zero, at least. <laughs> it's better than zero. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining me. It's great to be back. Uh, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at Yank Account Pod tweeting out some of the hottest, freshest banter you can find on the internet on there. Um, I want to thank all of the people that have joined me today, Taryn, Drew, Matt, Jake, and especially Tactics Tommy for making his debut on the Yank account. Uh, he will certainly be back. We're going to try to do more episodes, hopefully this season. Things got a little weird last season, uh, but uh, we'll see. As, as long as things continue to stay weird, in the Premier League this season. We'll be here reporting on it. But, uh, <laughs> lads, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everyone, thanks, and we will talk to you next time.